Hello everyone, sit tight as we get going here. Uh, if you ha are not watching this live, um, make sure you check the description below for time codes to skip around the video. Uh, they do tend to be about um, two hours or so. Uh, we'll see how this this one goes. I don't have a whole lot to talk about, so it might be a bit quicker today. Um, but yeah, we'll get going in just a few minutes after we make sure that everything is going and uh, and we do some hellos. So I will pause the playbacks that I've got going. Let me know that you can hear me. Hi, Mustafa. Hey, Mr. Certainly. <laughs> Unexpected makers up early. So sorry in advance for the chats. I know they're going to be small to the, uh, they're going to be small on the stream. I, yeah, the camera angle's slightly different as well. Um, good eye, Unexpected Maker. Um, I'm sitting a little further back because I now have, um, Actually, I can use cat cam to show you my my current setup. I don't know where those oh, spooks under the chair anyway. So there's the kitty. And uh, so what I have here is now I have these um, like tripod mounts. So the C clamp to like a little tripod arm onto my keyboard. So I'm sitting back further. Um, which means that I moved my uh, monitor forwards, which meant that I had to adjust where my camera was. So that's why it's a little different. And I, uh, hey Paul, hey Brian. Um, hey David. Um, yeah, I got this idea from the, the Model 100 uh, Kickstarter, which is the newer version of this keyboard. Um, somebody had that there. I'm kind of small on the side, aren't I? So I've been messing. I was the reason I started like a little later than I normally do is I I was messing with OBS um, because I installed the version with the browser source. So uh, the chats on this side are. Was I putting the chats on the other side before? I was, wasn't I? <laughs> I totally was. Um, okay, that explains why that's over there. So let's just do some rearranging while we're at it. Because I remember I put it like this so that um, it was small. So I just discovered if I hold Alt, it allows me to clip. And I, I haven't figured out how to make it bigger, so I'm sorry about that in the first place, but... So if I hold Alt, I can clip it down. There we go. That's better. I remember I had it. Yeah, I had it set up so that when I'm reading the chat on my monitor, it makes me look like I'm looking at the chat there, too. I haven't figured out um, if anybody knows in the in OBS with the browser source how you um, Oh, there you go. Clamps and magic arms. I love the factory. Thanks for the link, Mr. Certainly. That's exactly what I was modeling it after. Um, if you know how to do like the control plus to make the font size bigger in the browser, 
source in OBS, let me know. That's what I need to know. Um, that's why the text is so small, and I don't know if you can see it. Um, but yeah, it's not that bad if you have it big. It's going to be bad on, on small screens, but we'll deal. Um, I'll see if I can't figure it out. Mustafa's from Iran, and it's night now. Yeah, time zones are wild. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for joining us. Let's kick this thing off, shall we? Uh, Unexpected Maker says you can't. I don't think it's really poorly supported. Yeah, the interact thing doesn't. Mr. Certainly says it's legible on a 24-inch screen with two-thirds of the window. Yeah, I do like it a little bit bigger. We'll see. One thing the browser source does allow is it um, control scroll wheel. I can try that. Sorry, we'll get, we'll get going in just a second here. Control scroll wheel. I have it set up weird. Uh, it doesn't seem to work. One thing you can do is you can change this, the uh, CSS. Oh, from the forums. Yeah, let's see. Um, I wonder if we could just do... Hashtag contents. Is that for Discord or um, for YouTube? Font size 36 point important. So this is for Discord that I'm putting it in. And of course it makes me go You choose the render size and the options and then scale it with usual scaling. I know, but like that means that I would be scaling pixels bigger. I'm kind of like, a, I'd prefer it if I could render it bigger. That might be for YouTube. I'll keep playing with this. I, I don't need to do this on the stream. It's, it's, it's okay enough, right? Like it's not the end of the world. Simon says, hey, Scott from the UK has Seattle. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty nice day out, not super hot. Um, went to the Oregon coast on Monday and Tuesday, so I actually had like a two-day week. Um, but I guess we'll get into that in just a bit. Let me let me do housekeeping, and then we can start chatting. So, um, David, it's 7.15 time code. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott. Uh, I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython. Adafruit is an open-source hardware and software company based out of New York City. I work remotely for them, so I'm in uh, Seattle here, uh, which is why you'll see times in Pacific, because that's that's the time zone that I'm in. Uh, this uh, CircuitPython is a, a beginner-friendly version of Python designed for microcontrollers, which are little inexpensive computers. Um, you can get them for like five between anywhere from five and like a hundred dollars. Most of the ones are t tend to be about twenty or thirty dollars. So that's. Um, that's briefly what CircuitPython is. Uh, this is a deep dive. Um, so it's a chance to ask me questions. Uh, I'll go over some of the stuff that I've been working on. 
Um, and we'll just have a good casual time and talk about CircuitPython and, and other random stuff. So um, if you want to support me, um, or <laughs> these deep dives happen every week at 2 p.m. Pacific uh, on Fridays. Uh, next week looks like it will be on Friday as well. Uh, typically, they're two hours or more. That's why they're totally casual. Um, if you want to support me, you can go to adafruit.com, purchase something there. Uh, I don't think we have any hot ticket items going into the store today, uh, but any purchases are welcome. Um, and they are I'm paid by Adafruit to, to do these streams along with all the development I do. Um, if you'd like to chat with me and a bunch of others, uh, check out uh, the Discord server, the Adafruit Discord server, by going to the URL adafru.it slash discord. Um, that's what the... Uh, <laughs> That's what the gray box here is. Um, and last piece of housekeeping before we get into some stuff. Uh, the kitty in the uh, kind of shade here, his name is Spook. He is epileptic, but he's been doing really well. Just It's just a heads up in case he does have a seizure, uh, which he did early on in the stream, but hasn't recently. So he's been doing really good. Uh, I'll just like take my headphones off, mute everything, and just keep an eye on him until he's done. Um, so that's the housekeeping. Um, I got one question from uh, FedA2. It says, uh, what would be the most expensive CircuitPython board? The TI calculator, maybe? The Sony one? Yeah, I don't know how much they run for. Um, there's also the Spresence is kind of pricey. Um, and we do run on some... We do on, run on some dev boards that might be a little bit pricier as well. Um Yeah, I don't actually know. Like, I don't think anything Adafruit does is over a hundred dollars. Yeah, generally not not too much. <laughs> um, and thank you to uh, thank you to David in advance DCD for doing the time codes. Uh, it's really yeah, maybe the CubeSat <laughs> that would be a good one. I think we have more than one satellite actually. Um, but yeah, I know that. At least the cube, some of the versions of the CubeSat have MRAM, magnetic RAM, is that what it is, on them? And that stuff is pretty pricey just on its own. Uh, but it's radiation, uh, it's it's better for radiation environments. That's why, that's why it's worth it for a satellite. All right, well, um, if you have more questions, feel free to ask them. Um, kind of where I'm at is... Uh, this week has been kind of a blur, right? So, um, oh, and Unexpected Maker is offering to make a $500 CircuitPython board for anyone who wants to pay a lot for a CircuitPython board. Um, and DCD points out that there's the USB hub from Crowd Supply from um, Capable Robotics that is more expensive, and it's a USB hub as well. Um, not really a dev board, though. Um, yeah, so I streamed last week, and then I took Monday, Tuesday, and both like pretty much all of Wednesday off, um, because we went and did the Oregon coast, which is like a state next to Washington. It's about a four-hour drive, and it's the Pacific coast of Oregon. Um, so that's what I was doing. For those of you who don't know uh, exactly what it is. And, um, so I only had like, basically like I had to do email catch up. And so I basically had two days of work, uh, this week. So not a lot to report. Well, uh, oh, perfect. Yes. Um, I do have some questions that we'll do. Um, but, uh, besides that, 
we'll we'll see what we end up doing. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jason Rom is here, which is great. Asked me a question on Twitter, and we'll cover that in just a bit. But I did see one other question come in before that, so let's do that one first. Um, from LinkedIn, uh, Joshua Gold asks. Uh, does the circuit Python slow down the microcontroller in any significant amount versus C or C++, especially with video processing? Um, so circuit Python does slow down the microcontroller, whether it's significant enough or not is dependent on what you're doing. Um, circuit Python itself does not do any video processing right now. So it's not really relevant. Um, but, uh, in CPython land on a Raspberry Pi, like uh, generally what you'll be using is a C library that does any sort of processing that you want. So in general, it doesn't actually slow it down that much uh, because Python can use C to do the things that it needs to do. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, hopefully that answers your question, Joshua. Thanks for asking it. And Thanks for dropping by. We're also on YouTube and Twitch and LinkedIn or kind of the places that we're, we're streaming. So let's um, talk about uh, Jason's, Jason's question. Jason added me on Twitter and said, hey, look, I'm looking at this pinout. Let me switch to the desktop. Um, I'm looking at this pinout here. And uh, can you explain to me what everything means, what the nomenclature on this is? So I don't know why it does that weird scaling thing, but it must be my graphics card. So uh, what I did is I linked them to this page here that has all of the explanation for everything. But I thought what we would do and what I offered over Twitter is just uh, take a look at this and go into more detail about like what every little thing means. Um, I thought that would be really useful. I think it's, it's a great request. So let's just pull up this and um, I will actually drop this in the uh, notes as well. And if folks want to follow along, I'll drop the link in the chats as well. Okay, so what do we have here? This is a really common thing. Uh, pinout diagrams are very common in development boards. What they're, what they're geared towards is they're geared to show you um, the capabilities of all the different pins. Um, Does Adafruit do mask giveaways still? Not sure what you mean by mask giveaways. Is there a typo in there that's making that make less sense? So pinout diagrams are all, what they're meant to explain to you is like, here's the places that you can con connect to a board and here are all the things that you can do with it. So um, let's kind of just go, ah, mask giveaways, okay, right. Uh, no, orders do not include masks. Yeah, okay. Um, so this is for the Circuit Playground Express. Um, and now here what we have is these are IO. So these are internal um, These are internal things. These are not things that go out on the pad, but maybe this makes it a little bit easier. And maybe I will even just make it giant. So um, these, are, these are things that are connected to... <laughs> PT says, hi, everyone. Um, there's two people that can chat as Adafruit in YouTube or more. Um, so let's just go by column. 
Um, so the reason that, that there's multiple columns here is because <clears throat> it's because uh, individual pins on the microcontroller. So what I mean by that is, <clears throat> so the microcontroller on the circuit playground is this box here. And each of these little gray things is a pin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and what this is largely documenting is what each of these individual little pins can do. Um, so if we go here and look at IO, uh, this first column, I believe is just the, the numbering from, um, the numbering that you use in Arduino. So if you're doing like a digital input, digital output or whatever it's called in Arduino, I think this first number here is the number that you would use in Arduino. Um, so this is a mix of like how you would refer to it and what it can do. So the second column here, these PBs and these PAs and the numbers um, are, are the microcontroller. So if you looked at the microcontroller's data sheet, those are the names that they would reference the individual pins by. Um, and it's important to note that the names are not necessarily numbers like pin position. Um, so there, you might see like a PA30 on a device that's only 24 pins. Um, so the P, the PA is like port A. Um, so if you like want to address a certain set of pins from the GPIO perspective, um, you would have them like all in one 32-bit word if they're on the same port generally. Um, so the, that's what the P, the A bit is. And then you would B, C, D, E, different ports. Um, and then the numbers after that are like the position in that 32 bits. Um, and you have control registers that like, because the, the output pins can do multiple things, you'll have control registers that say like, oh, for PA eight or PA nine, like let's connect it to this internal function. Um, and that's kind of what the rest of this is showing. So um, these uh, kind of golden boxes, these e int seven two nine eleven, those are external interrupts. So this is a function. This is functionality in a microcontroller that allows um, you to take in a level of a, an external signal and um, interrupt the CPU. So inter as the CPU interrupt means it basically like stops what it's doing saves its state, and then starts doing some other function uh, based on that. Hello, Minnesota Mentat, and G3 Holiday, I don't think I said hi to you either. Um, so that's what eint is, and then the number after this is the um, position, I think, uh, like which bit in, the... typically, I think on the SAMD, it's like 16 different interrupt lines, um, and so that's what the number is. Um, okay, so for here, um, DAC, DAC is a digital to audio converter. So this means that it's a, an output. Um, and there, there's an output. And then I think these here are, I'm actually not sure what, what this number is. Uh, the A's are typically, these A zeros and stuff are typically what we refer to them in CircuitPython as. Um, but I'm not, does this diagram tell us? Oh yeah, so here we have um, the physical pin. Okay, so I was wrong. This first column is the physical pin, so that's the position. Um, 
it's DAC is digital to analog. Um, digital to analog, I think. Hi, Carlos. Yeah, and then the the purple and green things are uh, are IDE, which I assume is um, Arduino names, like Dishifu was saying. Um, yeah, so port pin is the name. This is the name of of it that you would see in the uh, see in the data sheet. And then yeah, then gold is interrupt. Um, so if we're just going through this a little bit more, so we did the e ints. This i squared c here um, is pretty vague, and I don't know exactly why. Um, oh, did I say digital audio? Sorry, it's commonly used for audio. Um, okay, so I2S here, uh, I2S is a digital audio format. Um, and so this is just telling you like MC is master clock, D1 is data, SCK is clock usually. Um, so that's specific to the I2S standard. Um, this ship says in CircuitPython, the green ones are usually D number and then the purple ones are usually A number, right? So that's what these are. So these lighter green ANs, those are um, those are the analog input. Um, so there's a when you have your analog to digital converter, you have um, different inputs that you can connect to that uh, analog input system. And so that's what these numbers are. The ANs are like which number that pin matches into the analog stuff. Um, that's what a n is. So these s uh, two colon three and s two colon one, um, what these are is these are terminology. This is terminology specific to um, the SAMD series. They have this uh, thing called a uh, a circom, which is a serial communication peripheral. So there's this other piece of hardware into it with its. Um, other piece of hardware within the system on a chip that can do serial communications, and that basically encompasses UART, I squared C, and SPI. And so the the first number I assume is the instance, so circom two, and then the second number is what's called the pad number. Um, and depending on whether you're doing I squared C, UART, or SPI, like the pad number can do certain things. Really, you don't need to like this stuff is really detailed and. Especially in CircuitPython, you don't need to know all of this. Um, what you can do in CircuitPython is you can just try to create a UART and it will tell you if it works or not. Um, so, SOF. I don't know what SOF means. Um, okay, CSS seems to work for YouTube chat. Oh, nice. I will have to. Let me just try it. I'll take a break from this. So Jason, let me know if that is making sense. Aha. Thank you. That looks better. Um, okay. What else have we covered? So that's these internal things. And yeah, so for CircuitPython, generally, you don't need to know this stuff um, because CircuitPython will just tell you whether it works or not. It will try it. It, it works in all combinations. Um, 
Arduino ha has like some more limited stuff. So let's just take a glance. Most of this is the same. Um, so let's just take a look at this further. So total current of each port should not exceed 65 milliamps. Um, so yeah, you don't want to drain a lot of stuff. Um, Microtype B. So these three pan these are uh, pads on the back. And the thing that's most useful about them is like the reset line and then also SW clock and SWDIO. Um, those are debug things. So these are, they're, they're exposed on the back because when they test it, they press it down on pins that like loads the first version of all the code over those debug. Um, yeah, that's a good point. SOF is start a frame for I2S maybe. Yeah, that sounds plausible. Um, okay, so 26, we have a light bulb, which must mean it's an LED. We talked about this other stuff. 3V3 is 3.3 volt power. Um, touch, so there's only certain pins that can do uh, native touch support, so that's what they're designated for. Here's the power constraints, more touch, another DAC pin. So the SAMD, this is the SAMD 21. Um, yeah, and it's actually the same pin. So if we look here, speaker PAO2, and then you can see PAO2 here. It only has one DAC pin, so I was going to be kind of blown, blown away by that. Um, so here we have extra designations for RX and TX, and those are just common designations for UART. Um, it's the same data that's kind of encompassed in this vague S. Uh, it's just being more explicit that like those work for your connect connectivity. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. There are these like color designations here and that says port power group. So those are the PA and PB. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think we covered it all. Um, <laughs> awesome. Unexpected Vigorous Nag that CSS as well. Um, okay. Let's, we got some questions here. Um, Carlos made an awesome micro bit game. That's awesome. Jason says that's helpful. Great. Okay. Unexpected maker says, uh, out of curiosity, is there a way to change IO that has specific functions like using a crossbar bar or IO mux in the SAMD outside of bootloader settings? Um, I'm not exactly sure what you mean because all of the IO mux stuff in CircuitPython is done automatically. Um, the one thing that you can't change is like if you have a spy flash connected to it, but um, CircuitPython is meant to be dynamic, so it should be able to switch different things. Um, maybe you want to clarify Unexpected Maker. <laughs> Was the content one supposed to work on the Discord screen? I don't think it did. I usually do 150%, but 140 looks pretty good too. 
looks a lot tighter after having it small. Okay, so that is a go over of this pinout thing. Um, we do have a new system for pinouts. This is kind of an old, it's 2017. Um, sorry, so to assign pin functions like move hardware I squared C to other pins, then set up in the bootloader. So we don't care what the bootloader does in CircuitPython. Um, you might be confusing it with Arduino. Arduino, I think, tends to have like a designated I squared C and a desig or a, and then maybe like a designated secondary I squared C. But in CircuitPython, you can do as many as you want as long as they don't conflict with each other. So you could theoretically have like five on SAMD. You could have like five hardware I squared Cs. Um, BusIO like does all this logic for you. Like if we dive deep into the code here. So here's the CircuitPython source, and uh, the place to look is ports, SAMD, since we're talking about SAMD, um, common HAL, bus IO, I squared C dot C. Um, so what you'll see here is here's construct. So it takes a, a pin object for SCL and a pin object for SDA, and then it calls to this I squared C get circom. Um, and if it can't find one, then it says invalid pins. So here, you, here we can see what it's doing. So it's taking um, SCL and SDA, and then it's producing the circom and the pin mux settings. So it's just going over the number of circoms per pin. Um, if it has, uh, so I think that's typically two. So that think of this as this is the number two. So it checks the first circom on the SDA pin. And then it sees, so it uses the state of the peripheral itself, the enable bit to know whether it's already in use. Um, if it's not in use, and this is the pad check as well. Um, so, so this will fail if the circom that we're checking is already in use or if the pad match doesn't match what we need for SDA. And then secondarily, what we'll do is we'll pick the pin mux, uh, depending on whether it's um, like index i is zero or one. And then what we do is we check the second pin, the SCL pin that you're given, and see if it has the correct pad. Um, we already know the circums are the same, so we're checking to see if like it's the same. Either like there's two circums connected to a particular pin. So we see if any of them match the same index. And then also we checked that the pad is the same. And we set the pin box for that second uh, pin. And then we return. Um, so yeah, we do it all dynamically. Um, and that's true for basically all the stuff that we do. Um, there's different ways that we do this internally. But um, we try to, like, the idea with CircuitPython is you just give the pins you want. And then, and then we, we try our best to make it work. Um, unexpected maker says, right. So I thought that, that I thought that was something set in the bootloader for Sandy that was fixed once booted, but obviously no bootloader for CircuitPython. So yes, that would only apply to Arduino makes sense. Um, so, right. So, so CircuitPython does have a bootloader, but we don't preserve any of the state of it, right? Like we typically use the UF2 bootloader before CircuitPython. Um, 
but yeah, we're and and this the this, this is kind of one of the core reasons that CircuitPython can't rely on a lot of existing embedded code. It's because even projects like Zephyr, like what they'll do is they'll have a a macro or a define in C land that will just say like this is the pin I'm going to use and compile it down just like Arduino does. Um, whereas in CircuitPython we don't do that. We we try to be as dynamic as we can. Um, which is pretty neat, and I think it's pretty powerful. Um, you can even look, if we look at, um, I think it's in the CircuitPython Essentials Guide. Uh, not that one. I think in the CircuitPython Essentials Guide, if you do like CircuitPython I squared C, um, it tells you how to wire it, and an example case, but there's this section, where is my I squared C? And uh, it will actually try all combinations of all the pins that are broken out. Um, so it does that by just, uh, it tries to tries to do bus IO dot I squared C, and if it doesn't work, it just deinits it. Or if it does work, it deinits it. So um, it can get you this listing of like, here's all of the combinations of, of pins that you could use for I squared C. And there are equivalents for UARTs as well. Um, <laughs> welcome Carl, Carlo Zarmando and Angry Cub to the Discord. Beata says, oh right, I was wondering about naming conventions regarding Stemma I squared C. Did I cover what you're, what you're referring to? Or are you asking me about naming conventions? Ooh, I can add dark theme for you're talking about for YouTube. Oh, okay. Let me pull that up, Yada. Um, in here. That's what you're talking about. Boom! Now we have dark YouTube. Thank you. Um, okay, let's pull up this bug that Beata is talking about. Issues 4638. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to click this and then change the number. Add stem I squared Z singleton on boards with stem connectors. We can add a stem I squared C singleton analogous to board I squared C to designate the I squared C bus attached to the stem connector. Um, we will call it stem I squared C instead of stem QT I squared C because some older boards have the larger non QT version. So, would you like me to give you tips on how to implement this? Is that what you're suggesting? Um, so, the question, the related question is how does board I squared C work? Yeah, um, Carlos Armando, the, uh, a great place to share uh, Microbit games would be like the Show and Tell channel in particular um, to show off what you've done. I don't know if we have a Microbit channel. I don't think we do. So, okay, so relatedly to this I squared C stuff, um, Neradoc says, I made a branch for adding stem I squared C, but I don't want to PR it until 7 is stable. There is only one board that needs it anyway. It's just an alias on every other one. 
Are there reasons to prefer one name over the other? Uh, I guess I would say one thing to think about is tab completion. So if you did I squared C underscore stemma, you would be able to tab complete. Um, if you do like, if you did like board dot I two tab, you would get both, right? Um, whereas if you, if you didn't, then, then it, you wouldn't get both. So, I mean, um, yeah, Carlo, I don't want stuff shared privately with me. You gotta share with the group or not at all. Well, or not with me. Private stuff should only be for like private things. Um, don't DM me. Uh, okay. So I think I covered that. I think I made a point. Um, Christian says, let's talk about that bug report you opened first, too. Uh, what bug report? <laughs> I open lots of bug reports. What is the oldest one we have now? I guess I could make sure that... Help test cutting edge builds. Breakpoints is the... Yeah, we still don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Ability to redirect REPL output. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's consider it for 4.0 after 3.0 is ready. Uh, the one by Dishipu about the flickering PPU display. Uh, Dan, Dan's been working on the display issues. I don't have a whole lot of context. We can pull it up. I think this is the one you're talking about. What I usually do is I categorize them. So it's display IO and it's on a PPU, which is a SAMD. And milestone seven. <laughs> yeah, so. Keeping time by counting frames. <laughs> I think we're seeing this on Adafruit boards as well. Oh, it's not display. Oh, it's matrix driven by the Pew library. So how similar of a matrix is that to the micro bit? Because I was just thinking about uh, maybe it's time we actually have a, a native 
native driver for that. Because with the micro bit, like I I probably want to like do some stuff on it from the internals. I can see the display flicker with my eyes even was stable. I thought it might have been the charge pump. Yeah, I would be open to doing a, a display thing, especially because I think it would apply to the matrix as well, or to the micro bit as well. Um, okay, I will remove this display IO. Yeah, I haven't looked into it too much, but I, it's been, yeah. The micro bits, kind of a, a weird, weird thing. <laughs> yeah, the micro bit has a five by five display, but the circuit playground has ten LEDs. Yeah, we're not talking about the circuit playground though. I'll show you what we're talking about. We're talking about the pew pew. So if you go here and type you uh talking about this so this is a lot similar it's actually more it's going to be more pixels than what the micro bit has but it, it's going to be connected in a similar way uh, so yeah it's going to be it's going to be more similar All right. Um, <laughs> somebody just pinged me on the mods channel, but I cannot see it. So totally different display. I yeah. Sorry, I don't. Yeah. So it's not what Dan's looking at. Dan's looking at some OLED stuff. Okay. Thanks, Mister Strindley. Our mods and Discord are great. Thank you, mods. Including Mr. Certainly. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even... I think I do have one of these. Let me, re let me read that. I won't be able to look at it, but maybe I can give some... First impressions. Where did it go? Because I read it off as Dan would do. Glitchy display, random bright lines. Display is very stable. <laughs> He's got a bad cough. Oh, it looks like Tetris. Okay, so that's what it looked like. About something disabling interrupts.
I mean, I think generally, like... Maybe what I would do is, um... Put, uh... Like, use a logic analyzer, and when interrupts get disabled and disa enabled and disabled, set a line high, and then use a logic analyzer to see how often that happens. Um... That'll at least confirm that that's your problem. And then figuring out, like, what's the source of that uh, would be kind of a separate, separate thing. Yeah, so that's probably what I would do to... Interesting, the speed has been prone to. Get bisect, will get you there. Yeah. Yeah, just figure out like where it's gotten worse. Catio wants to play, I know, right? <laughs> okay, um, yeah, sorry, I. Like, the Sandy stuff hasn't changed a lot. Um, in terms of execution speed, I don't know. I, I, you're following all the changes that we're doing. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you could put effort in to make it faster, and, and you'll be able to make it faster. It just takes a lot of time. Um, okay, so let's... Uh, if folks have questions, feel free to drop them in the chat and I'll answer them. Um, I'll try to answer them. Uh, but maybe I... Uh, let me update on the on the micro bit first. So that's where we left off last time. And that's something I could work on, but I don't think it's that interesting. Um, so what I have here, I'm just going to use this to do it. Spook's in his bed now. So. Here I have my micro bit. Switch to product showcase mode. And I'm going to plug it in. And what you should see is there's actually an LED about here for the microphone that I've co-opted. So that's CircuitPython starting up on the micro bit. And then um, it should be discoverable now. So I've made progress. I had to figure a couple things out. Um, one of the things I had to figure out was that um, it didn't have the, oh, come on. I don't know how to use Android. So here's Android, and there's SirPy. So I will hit connect, and it found it. And then I can do you are at service, I think. 
I can pair and connect. Pair. So now I should be getting stuff. And if I write You can't quite, it's kind of hard to see, but um, under this TX characteristic, you can see the value LO. So that's the like last line that was sent for the serial connection over Beely. So Bluetooth uh, is working, but obviously we don't have a great, um, great way to see everything. Um, if you want to follow along with this micro bit stuff, this is the first build that um, First build is CircuitPython that doesn't have USB. Um, and you can see my monitor now that I'm in, well, in product showcase mode because it clips it a little bit when I'm doing that. Um, so one thing I had to figure out was that um, you couldn't, uh, it was trying to start up a low frequency oscillator that the board doesn't have. Um, so the flashing that it does right at the start was like super slow and I was like, this is wrong. Um, and I was debugging it. So when I was debugging it, I was also noticing it was like in that wait for the oscillator to get going. So I just turned it off and it seems to be going well now. So, which is awesome. Um, and then, uh, the second thing I had to figure out was that, um, when you drag a hex over, it erases the entire, uh, NRF which is gonna be really, really unfortunate for preserving like your file system. Um, but what it meant was like, I couldn't drag like the soft device that is like the, the blob that, that we get from Nordic for Beely and then drag CircuitPython. I had to actually merge the two things and then drag the, the whole hex file over. So that's kind of like the last things I have to do before making a pull request is like, I've gotta, well, I've gotta do the, the pin naming, which we started last week and I just haven't finished. And then I've got to figure out how to have like a type of, of artifact for CircuitPython that is like the merge of these two hex files, the soft device and CircuitPython, and then um, make sure that that ends up on like CircuitPython.org. Um, so that's progress on the micro bit, which led me to this thing of like, obviously like connecting to the serial is not really um, a thing. So what I was actually working on is uh, is working on the code.circuitpython.org. So if you just go, I, I showed this last week as well, but if you do code.circuitpython.org, you get this like terribly formatted, um, but like is getting all the functionality. Oh, you can't see that. Um, terribly formatted, but getting all the functionality of uh, the web Bluetooth stuff going. Um, now this, uh, this won't work on, uh, well, this is Firefox, so this will definitely not work. Um, but I also have Chrome up here and I haven't gotten the web Bluetooth stuff working from Linux on Chrome. Um, but here you can see that I now have a serial spot as well. Um, so this is what I thought I'd work on just cause I was starting to work on it. Um, before, um, is adding serial support into this web, uh, this web page that will be code.circuitpython.org. And, um, 
also trying web serial which is a uh is a usb serial sort of com communication thing as well and that reminds me as well also that i was trying to get the the pass-through serial stuff working on the microbit what but i wasn't able to do that um so that was a little frustrating but yeah so let's take a look at um I, w I want to just work on this stuff because I just <laughs> I just got it working. So here you can see like I can't type into it. I don't know why that is. All right, let's get this going. I am not. I am definitely not a uh, web developer by any stretch of, a, of the imagination. But let's see, how does this work? Hey, Johnny. It's not letting me type, Just not good. It did manage to print, which is good. So let's open developer tools and see where we're at. So it should it's like detecting that we're there, but it's not actually typing anything in, which I wonder why. Oh, I guess I should also plug that um, I was on a podcast yesterday with Damien, uh, who's the creator of MicroPython, and uh, is TalkPython with me. So, um, youtube.com talk python to me so here's the like live recording of it so if you missed it and want to get it before it's actually on the podcast <laughs> thank you thank you Naradoc for linking to that um, and I'll put it in the discord chat as well. So if you, uh, I'll just plug that. If you want to see, uh, the discussion we had, I thought it was really good. Um, so I'd recommend it. I almost got it live. Yeah, we had a good crowd. It was funny. Like, um, I have like 42 concurrent viewers on YouTube right now. And, uh, we had like 16, maybe 20. And Michael was saying that was like a lot for him. So uh, check it out. He, he records it live every week. Um, if you want to see more like C Python y stuff generally. All right, let's see if we can't get this um, serial input working better. So here's the source. I'm using HTERM, which is a a Google thing that does all the terminal stuff. So that makes it really easy. Um, so we did this install keyboard. Hi, the art of DHT 79. <laughs> Unexpected maker says it was all of us Aussies making up the numbers. It was. So on VT keystroke 
Let's see what this does. Log keyster. And then when the user pastes a string. I'm like such a noob to JavaScript. I want to get like all the pieces together and then have somebody who's actually good at JavaScript come along and make it pretty. That's my goal. Um, okay. Resize 9040 and then key. So we are getting that, but we're not um, having it show up again. So this is probably that we, like generally I think what happens is that it gets round tripped. So um, when you press a key, we would send it to a device and then it would send us back that, that same key. Um, so I think what we wanna do is, uh, what I was thinking is we could actually try to connect a web serial um, into all of this hodgepodge of stuff. Um, and then maybe we'd be able to do like uh, uh, to a, a USB circuit Python device. So um, let's give that a shot, shall we? Um, so I think we're gonna need a new button. We're going to need USB serial. So that's going to make a new button. So if we hit save, you'll see. So this is one thing I think people who are not in JavaScript world need to really appreciate. Um, the tooling game of JavaScript folks is like industry leading. Like it's really good. See, like if I hit save here, like see the page just automatically refreshed. Like when when you're looking at places to to steal some ideas from from for CircuitPython, like things like this are um, where to look. Like the JavaScript people are doing really 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 cool things. Okay, so we call it request serial device, and we have it. Um, let's say if navigator dot serial, I think is what it is. So if it's able to do that, then we do. Um, we'll make an object request serial. Add event listener, click uh, function. <laughs> I'm just so bad at JavaScript. Um, 
And I'm not used to IDEs giving me braces. We'll just do on request serial device button click. A lot of this stuff I cribbed from other things. Um, else uh, request serial disable. It's true. Okay, so we don't want to let you click it. And see, so I just hit save and it reran. I'm not sure how you embed Discord in OBS, but you can try this for the font size. So it's just the it's the um, native. It's the native app. Um, so I just like went to Discord.com/app and then logged in. Okay, so let request serial equal document dot query selector request serial device. I think, yep. The web page, that's what I tried. Okay, so now if we click request, it's going to complain because the function doesn't exist. So now we want a request Bluetooth device button click equivalent. <laughs> this is just... Kind of gross. Gross, gross, gross. Right. Angry Cup says, in the real app, you can command plus. I, tr I tried to do that. I'm on Linux, so it would be control, but I wasn't able to do it through the, like, interact thing in... Um, in... Uh, OBS. Requesting any serial device. Okay, so now what we have to do is we want to pull up the web serial API. Alright, that's not concepts and usage. Look at, they even have the microbit as the example. So it provides attributes and methods for finding and connecting the serial ports from a web page, provides access to a single serial port. The following example shows how to check for available ports and allows the users to grant it permissions to access additional ports. If the site doesn't have access to any connected ports, it has to wait until it has user activation to proceed. In this example, we use a click event handler on the button for this task. Uh, okay. Reading data from a port. Okay. Uh, 
So getPort says... Of the serial interface. Yeah. So let's just see. Let's see. On request serial devices. Let's await navigator serial get devices. And we'll just print. Like, theoretically, you want to connect to an existing one. I am using the OBS browser embed. I just switched to it. So here now, if I do request serial device, get devices is not, it's get ports. It's not defined. Okay, so it, it gave me a length of zero. 9am asks, does Adafruit do regular code reviews or no? Uh, generally, yes. Um, in CircuitPython, we certainly do. Uh, in CircuitPython, all of the CI tests must pass, which is basically just building every board. And then you have to have uh, one reviewer's approval. Um, we're a little less strict when it comes to like all the libraries and stuff. Um, it, it'll vary a bit more there. Uh, one thing I wanted to do is at least get us to a world where we're doing pull requests for everything instead of pushing directly to the repo. That allows you to run the continuous integration tests, even if it's just one person that does a pull request and then merges it once it passes. That's still better than just pushing directly to the repo. Okay. So that meant we didn't, that's okay. So now we need to, so this is basically like the things that you've already connected to. And now we want to see, um, ah, request port with a USB vendor ID. Well, that's no fun. There's a typo. Can we edit it? Mm. Want to fix a problem yourself. Oh, I'm not logged in. I'm always kind of curious to find typos. Can't I? Am I not? Edit. I'm curious to see how quickly typos get resolved. Typo. So this is bad news for us. Um, uh, 
It's just a typo. See, it even knows. Bye, Carlos. Um, okay. I did my did my diligence. I love it. I love it when things are on GitHub and you can just do that. Um, okay, so do we have to provide do we have to provide a filter? Because what we really want We don't want to record. We would want. We don't want to limit based on USB stuff at all because there's like 200 plus Circuit Python boards, and we want to work with all of them. Um. So I think we just need to try requests. Wait. Navigator, serial, request port. Let's see what that does. Hey, yo. Interesting, it does have n names. That's neat. So let's connect to that. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't print anything out, um, but we can say so many serials. I know, right? Let device equals that, and let's do console dot log device. And I'm actually curious now whether it will. Um, yeah. So here we already have. We already have this serial port um, again. So we could potentially have like a reconnect mode versus a like pick a different device mode. Um, okay, so let's do that. So once we have a serial device, what do we do with it? Or a serial port? Get info. Open. Set signals. Close. Open with a baud rate. Get the readable stream and writable stream. Oh, interesting. I wonder if readable stream and writable stream would be like a good. Um, interface for us to target for the BLE side of things so that like we can just swap in between one and the other. Await oh, read. Huh. So I'm curious what this get info stuff is. So I think what we should be able to do is 
if we just click into here, proto and get info, no. I thought I knew how to call it. <laughs> no, I don't. All right, well, we'll just print it off. If devices length equals one. is not defined. Oh, I always do that. <laughs> Once again, it's just giving us USB product ID and vendor ID, which is not enough, unfortunately. So a lot or or in CircuitPython 7, we're, we're going to allow you to have like multiple we're going to allow you to have multiple serials from a single device. Um, so I was hoping that this get info would actually have more info than just the product ID and that already, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, it'd be cool. Like this is enough to tell us what port it is, but it's not really enough to tell us like which serials, which, um, Jason asks, curious on a yes-no possible, has anyone used a CircuitPython board to manage LED strips? I have a couple Govy RGB strips that have an iOS app, but would like to control them without the app. Hmm, I've not heard of that. Um, if, do you know how it connects from the iOS app to the RGB strips? Because if they're, if it's Bluetooth, which it probably is. It's Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Like, you could probably figure out how to connect to it. So I'm not entirely sure. Beely controlled. Some primitives in Python from Mac, but curious. You should be able to do Beely from a circuit Python board like an NRF. That should be possible. Our API is not the greatest. I made it very declarative, which throws people off. And I, it's, I haven't explained it very well either. Okay, so we get info. So this is the thing with async that I don't really get. And maybe somebody knows is like, here they have this while readable loop. Like, where do I put that? Is it, I guess I could put it in an asynchronous handler and then it just sits there. Um, like I could just do that on connect. 
Um, like open buffer size. <laughs> right, so DCD asks, so when you have N starting with two devices with the same vendor and product, do you have to interact with the device or does the user need to guess? Well, the other thing that we could look up is there's actually also a web USB spec. which I think would give us a lot more, um, it would give us more information. Yeah, this is interesting. So this is the same guy that does the web Bluetooth uh, stuff. And this is, oh, it's updated. Origin trials. User gestures, such as touch or mouse click. I think if we did web USB, we would be able to get um, like more information through the USB descriptor stuff. I should really reach out to this guy. But yeah, I think the user basically has to guess, unfortunately. I mean, maybe what we could do is try to guess the right one. I'm not sure. I don't think in 7 we're going to default to having two. So if, if somebody... You know, we could also... I wonder if... In the web serial API, can we give multiple options to filter? Like when we request a device, like we could come up with a full list of like all boards that could be CircuitPython. Because we, ha I had all those like TTYS things as well. Um, filters. Right, so the, the filter is just an unsigned integer. I'm not sure you can give it. Oh, it's a list of filters. Yeah, so theoretically we could... Um, provide a big long list of like all the vendor IDs that could be CircuitPython. Um, at least to like not have a bunch of spurious ones. I don't know. I, I can't I can't let myself get too rabbit hold on this. Um, no one no one knows where I should put that while true loop. I guess it's okay if it's just a callback that does. Um, okay, so we have a device. And let's see, how did I do it here? My circuit, or my 
JavaScript knowledge is not great. Like maybe we want to actually have this like switch to device, but let's just have a, a switch to it's async function switch to serial. I would guess the device gives you an event when it becomes readable, but I have no idea. It does give you event an event when it's connected. Um, but I assume that's similar to open. So we have this BLE device state. Let's also add a serial device. Here. So we'll say switch to serial device and then serial device is equal to device. And that's where we'll connect to it. So in serial connected, we will say switch to serial device and return. Or if we have to request one, we will switch to serial device here. I don't know, this is all terrible code. Like I'm hoping somebody who's better will come along and make it better. Um, okay. So if we hit request device, we get it there. We're also printing the properties. So let's stop doing that. And in here, so if we're going to switch to serial, you know what? Maybe we want if serial device, if we already have one, we want to disk. I think close is the term. Close. You got JavaScript in my Circa Python show. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, you did. Um, all right, so that'll close it if it's already a thing, I think. And then what we want to do is we want to open it. This has been really interesting to do this um, JavaScript stuff because uh, they're doing all this async await stuff. And so it's been a good forcing function for me to kind of like see. I think we might want to do this on connect and on disconnect first. So let's do device dot add event listener on connect. Um, and I'm going to pass it something. Add event listener on disconnect. Oh, thank you, Angry Cub. 
Let's see what this is. Close method. Oh yeah, look at that. Port is no longer required to be closed and these social resources released. Oh, a long message that will take a while. Read until closed. What is this release lock? Reader release lock. Oh, yeah. Read until closed. Let's say async function serial on serial connected. And I think it usually takes an event, but I think function on serial disconnected. I love printing. I think we need to do a bind here as well. Like I basically, I'm kind of like copying I guess this does it internally. Add event listener. How do I do those binds? <laughs> console log. Console log is so nice. I'm going to bind it to device. So what bind does is it makes the this keyword uh, equivalent to that. It, it's this is like self in Python. Uh, okay, boom. Failed to execute open on serial port. One argument required, but only zero present. Okay, so let's look at open. I think we have to give it a. Oh, you know Melissa is good at this stuff too. Melissa wrote the the ESP loader thing. All right, so we need to give it a baud rate. Um, which is totally unnecessary. Just don't do 2,000. I think it's 2,000. There's one baud rate that will trigger your... doing anything now? There's one baud rate that will trigger the bootloader. Okay. 
If we add event listener, should it be listed here? I assumed that it would call connected. It returns a promise. Which the await should resolve. Did I do that wrong? Where was I doing the binds? No, I was doing the binds in um, this JavaScript library. Because I was doing a class. Yeah, let's not let's not do those binds. I bet that's what's messing us up. right right oh there's no on sounds like connect disconnect is for USB plug and unplug oh that could be it too How many reviewers do we have? In CircuitPython, we only have a f maybe five or six that do reviews. Yeah. All right, well, it looks like it's connected, so maybe let's try this reader stuff. So maybe we just do it here. While device is readable. We can get errors. <laughs> Reader has been canceled. Let's just copy it. And in fact, I'm going to do that. Like, we want to read it indefinitely.
to something with value. Reader is not defined. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> that looks promising. So, uh, what we have here is, uh, I'm actually I have a a uh, particle sent or particulate sensor just on my desk because we it's the summer and we usually have smoke here. So um, what you're seeing here is it's it's actually showing the stuff that's being printed out for the particle sensor stuff. Um, so now the question is, is how do we get it into the terminal? But I mean that'll do. I won't complain about that. Okay, so let's see. We need to find setup H term IO push. It feels like spaghetti code to me, um, which is fine. It's really early. So what we're going to want here is we're going to want this print. So T, let's say, let's make another terminal equals T. So way up here. What's the difference between var and let? Do people know? I've just been using them both. Um, so now in here what we can do is we can do terminal.io.print but then when we do print what we have to do is we need a text enc encoder? Decoder? Um, H term. Actually I think I have it Not here. Down here. Here we go. I can't see most of your code because it's behind the chat. Sorry about that. Uh, scoping rules. Main difference is scoping rules. Variables declared by var keyword are scoped to the immediate function body, while let variables are scoped to the immediate enclosing block denoted by braces. Called block scope. Thanks, Patrick. Um, sorry about not being able to see my code. So I just copied it. 
Um, and I was gonna do a terminal, terminal print, but I need a text, text decoder. Encoding, hterm to app, app to hterm. Um, when passing data to hterm, string should be UTF-16 encoded. Print, write UTF-16, print lin, write UTF-16, as well as interpret. Um, so I think what we want is I think that's what a text decoder does. So decoder equals new text decoder. I think what we do is we just do decoder dot decode value. Quest device opened. Hey, look at that. It's alive. And this is why I say JS is designed to make me feel bad about myself. Way too many things, ways to do things. Yeah. I mean, I get it from the perspective of like, we, we want to be able to like we want to be able to like change the way things work over time, but we don't want to have to like move people off the old thing. And I assume that's kind of why it's like that. All right, well, we got that working. Um, oh, and James answered on LinkedIn as well. Thank you, James. Let is scoped local, var is global. All right, so we can request a serial device now, which probably means we don't need to have all of this um, console logging. Oops. Giddy. It's like, Dad, what are you doing? Dropping stuff, that's what I'm doing. Um, cool, so we have serial output, um, but I can't click into it and like, control C, control C, control C. Uh, it doesn't do anything. So now the question is, how do we connect it back the other direction? And so let's comment this out. We're not gonna be done. Um, so what we need now is we have this serial device global. So we're gonna wanna encode into that. So Let's do on key. Um, key is a, st uh, a string. So we want if serial device. If we don't have a serial device, we don't care. And serial device writable. 
then we do serial device dot right. Thanks, Angry Cub. Okay. Da, 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 da. Writable. Oh, and we reading data from the port, writing to it. Writable dot get writer. New text encoder. Writable dot get. Sorry, get writer. Oh, screw it. I'll just copy all this. <laughs> That's simplest, right? We should probably make a function for this because send string is going to want to do the same thing. Or we could just copy it and be bad. Okay. And let's be bad about it. This is... This is why you should test before you copy and paste. James says, I like to prototype in Node Red, workflow ish, but can inject JavaScript in the workflow. Works great with Home Assistant too. But custom web page is a must if you want a web page. Yeah, we do want a web page. We're trying to be trying to make code.circuitpython.org. Um at least set the basics. Expected reserved word. Unexpected reserved word. At 346. Hmm. I don't... I don't see any reason. Does that make sense to anyone? It's a syntax error. File is saved. Have the right number of parentheses.
I don't know. Is that the wrong hand? People are typing. It's in there because it went down to this line. <laughs> Is there really no way to test the code syntax without loading it into a browser? I don't think so. Um, where did I copy that code from? <laughs> Copied it from here. Encode ping. Four fifty nine is the same copy. You could test on the browser REPL. The other thing I'm thinking is if I just comment out like portions of this. What if I do those last two lines? Fifty-nine. So that is okay. And this await. Oh, when the awaits there, it has a problem. Unexpected reserved word. I wonder if it's the str. Like, it's kind of silly to call it str. Like, in Python, that would be unhappy. No. Unexpected reserved word. Oh, you know, I wonder if it's... Uh, that, I think this is what it is. We're not... This function is not asynchronous. That's what it is. That was the problem. You have to say you're in an async function before you can do await. Okay. So we're still going. But what happens if I do control C? Oh, look at that. It is JavaScript with semicolons. Should I not be doing semicolons? I got some Python in your JavaScript. <laughs> I want to see. Emoji. Party popper emoji.
Uh, oh. That worked. <laughs> I'm, like, all about, like... <laughs> using emoji as variable names. Angry Cub, I got back from a social false alarm just in time to see the magic. Awesome, well, thank you for the help. Um... <laughs> Aaron says, you haven't specified the async function. Lost connectivity totally delayed my previous message. You were right on. I built a console key logger. I did, didn't I? I should turn that off. <laughs> Let's, uh... It's only when there's focus on it, I think. So I'm curious. Let's connect back up. And control D. I'm curious to see what happens when I pull it. Dom exception, the device has been lost. We didn't get the disconnect event, but we did. Right, I think then we would have to say request device again. And it's back. <laughs> the other thing that I was thinking would be cool is to have, um, and you can scroll back and stuff too. I was thinking it would be neat to have some like connectivity messages go in there as well. Um, Okay, so now this <laughs> this page is definitely a, a mishmash. So it can do web serial. It can't do Bluetooth serial. It can do Bluetooth files, but it can't do web files, like local files. <laughs> But yeah, I think it looks cool, and we tested that we can write to it. Um, so maybe what I'll do is I'll just, like, code.py is so terrible right now that I think I'll just check it all in and be okay with how terrible it is. Is this the time where I need to order a microbit v2? You don't necessarily need a microbit v2. Um, anything with an NRF is fine. Um, like this serial web serial stuff is working with a feather. NRF feather. Um, okay, I'm just going to add all this stuff. Even though hterm.js is from the other thing. I see a GitHub pull in my life soon. Angry Cub, if you want to help me, that would be so welcome. Because um, clearly I'm a little out of my depth. Um, but <laughs> now you need to write an HTTP server in CircuitPython via the web REPL and connect it to another tab. I'm open to suggestions for how to do this workflow stuff over Wi-Fi. Um, I think Bluetooth is more interesting. Yeah, we could, yeah, before we commit it, we can make it taller. I just like all of this layout stuff is, is TBD. 
and I want to make sure that it's not soup so tall that it's a pain on I'll double it I don't want it so tall that it's gonna be a pain on mobile Oops. It insists on opening it in Firefox, which is not not right. Oh, that has that. That's a bit bigger. Change your S back to string. Was it not working? I mean, it's all terrible code. <laughs> eh, I think it works just fine. Like, I changed all the S's. With Wi-Fi, isn't that a normal web REPL? Yeah. Yeah, that's one option. It's just to do the standard web REPL stuff. Um, much better. Yeah, thanks for the suggestion. Okay, let's um, get this committed. And that will automatically push it to... code.circuitpython.org web serial uh, I think just push all right I'm gonna have to wrap up we're gonna get out of here we're going uh, camping this weekend as well so that has been pushed and um, if you look on github if you want to check it out, let me advertise this before we go. It's at github.com slash circuitpython slash web dash editor. Um, you can see that it was just pushed 30 seconds ago. Ryan says, I think Wi-Fi provisioned over BLE would be the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. James says, uh, I know more Node-RED, but translate Bluetooth to a REST API and consume it. I don't know. I think Node-RED integration would be really cool, James, if you wanted to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, so this is where it is. Any help is much, like, really welcomed. Um, yeah, thank you, Doc, for the reminder. Let's just do that. Uh, we're going to make the Discord chat. CSS better. Cancel. Discord browser. I should figure out how to get it on the right. Hey, there we go. Much better, thank you. Shipshoop says, these are awesome streams, lurking and learning. Awesome. And yeah, thank you all. So uh, let's wrap up. This has been another CircuitPython, not one. I was going to say CircuitPython weekly meeting. This has been another deep dive. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining me on this adventure into JavaScript land, which is new for me. Um, 
we do these deep dives pretty much every week at, uh, on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific uh, here on the Discord channels, Twitch, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Periscope for a while. I'm not sure that's going right now. Um, if you want to join us on the Discord, we chat there all week. Uh, you can go by join that by going to adafru.it slash Discord. Um, that'll get you in there. If you want to support me uh, financially, please just support Adafruit at adafruit.com. Um, if you don't have any BLE devices, I, that's what I would recommend. Um, picking up something with an NRF52840 if you want to follow along with what we've been doing. Um, yeah, and uh, they pay me to do all this, so any any benefits to Adafruit uh, come my way as well. Um, next week should be on Friday. And uh, thanks, as always, again, to DCD, uh, David, for doing the time codes. Uh, it's really appreciated, especially for the folks that are watching this after the fact. And with that, I'll pet the cat and we'll get out of here. Um, and thank you, everybody, for dropping links in the, in the Discord chats. Um, so let's do cats. And I'll wake him up. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Sound asleep. Ignore like, no, not. Oh, kitty belly. <laughs> he doesn't realize he's a. Uh gonna get thrown in his crate to go in the car to my parents house all right we'll see you all next week have a good one <laughs>